Hello and welcome after a two-week break to the Hotcast. I am your host, Hot Time and Old Town editor, Ruben Tish. And joining me as always is RJ. RJ, how are you doing? Pretty good. It's a flu season, so that's going to that's gonna creep up on me pretty soon. Well, I have, to get I, have, I have one. So, <laughs> if you hear me say something and then uh, there's a blank space and I start again it's because i had to cough uh and i muted my microphone for that let's sort of get right into it we missed the last two weeks because of the international break and i had the flu uh, uh, a much worse like i actually had a fever last week um so we didn't do a show so we have to talk about rsl and uh what's the other game cincinnati, uh, cincinnati. We have to talk about those two games because the fire won both of them and they looked really good doing it for, for large parts of the game. And I think I'm going to be honest. I don't see anything different um, from the fire really, except for a couple of things, but RJ before, before we get to all the fun stuff about, you know, fan appreciation night, cause you were there. Um, what have you seen from this team? Like, why, why do you think they're doing better? Well, I'll get to your, before that, I'll get to your point about looking good for the most part. Um, against the Revs, they look good. Against Cincinnati, I didn't think they were good. I mean, um, I think they got lucky in Cincinnati. And against RSL, they... You know, they played well, but, you know, where was this performance, you know, a few months ago? But in terms of um, what has changed, I, I think it's that typical new, you know, interim manager uprise. You see it everywhere, you know, with other teams and other leagues. It's It's basically that same formula that we saw against TFC. Um, you know, when, when Klopas first took in charge. But against, you know, three other teams, one of them, you know, was the best team. And I think that was the only game where the fire played really, really well. And then for the other, you know, two teams like Cincinnati and RSL, you know, they, they played competently. And I also still think that they got really lucky against Cincinnati as well. So, Well, obviously they got lucky. They, they won um, with the last kick of the game, right? Yeah. I'm not discrediting, you know, how they won. It's, you know, it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. And, um, you know, if, if that doesn't win goal of the season, then you all know it's rigged. But, that it, you know, the fire played really sloppy during Cincinnati. Um, Bornstein is showing his age, I think. Um, I don't have my notes on me. I'm sorry. But if I recall, he was somewhat responsible for... Um, I want to say the the second uh, Cincinnati the second goal, goal the yeah. Vasquez goal yeah yeah and we we saw that against New England as well and mm-hmm. I I don't remember you know TFC but you know I hope that just doesn't become a common occurrence even though you know there's only like three or two games left in the season so well I I think. 
I, I don't want to say it was luck against Real Salt Lake because that sort of no I I I didn't say it was luck against Real Salt Lake I think it was luck against Cincinnati against sure. Salt Lake they played you know they played well but not great right so, I I think we have to you know give a lot of credit to Gaga Slodnina and how he's improved mm-hmm. every game every uh, every time he's been out there I think that he. Uh, he he's impressed me in a way that um I didn't expect. I thought, you know, he would be just like every other teenage player where he'd be really good um and then sort of have these moments of um you know rookiness for lack of a better term where he make mistakes or, you know, have distribution trouble or, or be in the wrong spot because he thought he saw something that didn't turn out to happen. But that really hasn't been the case, right? He's been really mature, and I think the RSL game has been a uh, culmination, sort of, of, of his early success. And he's starting to get, you know, national attention for it, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um. Before, before that loss against the fire, I believe RSL scored in their previous X amount of matches. Um. So you know, um, for the fire to come out, you know, away with the shutout, that's that's really impressive. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think the. Um... I I think that's definitely helped. I also want to both commend and vent about Robert Barrich for a second. Because okay. he's suddenly found his scoring boots at this exact time where his goals are meaningless. This is absolutely candy bar performances. There are no nutritional value to these goals because they're not helping the fire. Everybody and their brother and their sister knows that he's gone next season, or at least by all rights, he should be gone next season. But, you know, here he is scoring, you know, three goals in two games against, you know, Cincinnati and Real Salt Lake. Okay. Well, someone needs to pick up the slack for, because that, that's usually Frankowski's job for scoring meaningless goals. But since he's, he's gone, not here anymore, pick up the slack. Fair. Um, which, which it, by the way, Frankowski has uh, three goals and two assists in France. So yeah, he's a good soccer player. Happy for him. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Robert Barrich do be scoring meaningless goals, and you've got to wonder what's what's different. Is it because that he has nothing to play for? He can just go out and run around and play? Is that, like, he's not mentally tough enough? He's that soft that he couldn't do this in games that mattered when when the when the fire needed him to? Well, I, th- I think he, he's found his level. I mean, look at the... I mean, in Cincinnati, and, and um, I know Real Salt Lake is playing for a playoff spot. They're fighting against Vancouver, I believe, but 
Salt Lake City, Real Salt Lake is basically the fire with a couple extra wins. Yeah. So I I think he's finally found his level. So. God, he's he makes me so mad. Um. You know who doesn't make me mad is Lucas Stojanovic, who we also have to talk about carefully. Um, and I think the podcast is the correct place to do the stuff I'm hearing game as opposed to, you know, being in written form. But there's a lot of clues that he's probably not getting his option picked up for next season. And that baffles me, considering he's been their best player this year. He gets better the better the team plays, right? So he's not one of these players who the team is bad, so he's going to pad his stats. The better the team plays, the better he plays. So as the team improves, you know, in quality, so will he. Um, and, you know, he's a he's a guy you, you got to keep. And if... Ultimately, the choice is between Madron and Stojanovic, which I think that might be their decision-making. I think they want to keep Alvaro Madron, and so they're willing to let Stojanovic walk to pay him more money if they can. Um, Because, I'm, I, you know, like I said, this is the place to play the I'm hearing things game. Uh, so I, I think there's there's a strong possibility that Lucas Stojanovic is not back with the fire next season, and I'm kind of baffled as to why. You know, I, I think the, the worst timeline outcome would, you know, pick up Beric's option and letting Stojanovic walk. But I I honestly think that um, I, I don't I'm not a betting man, so I'm not going to say I'm going to bet something. But I, I think Beric is gone. He's gonna get the boot too. I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, I said. It, I said it was between Midron and Stojanovic, not Beric. Oh yeah, but I, I'm just saying that. I know Beric is gone. I, I think the fire is gonna keep Midron, and I am. I don't want to say I'm confident, but I think Stojanovic will also stay. I think under Klopas's system, Stojanovic doesn't have a place, and I think the fire is willing to give him. You know one more year under a new, you know, new coach. Um, well, I mean, we know they want Bob Bradley, right? Yeah. And um, Stojanovic does seem like a Bob Bradley kind of guy. You know, so I guess um, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think keeping Luca over Madron is probably the right move, especially if Madron. Um, I I I don't know if he wants to stay, and what I mean by that is, I think he I I think he wouldn't mind playing here next season, especially under a new manager um, with the quality of Bob Bradley. But. I think that I would rather have Lucas Stojanovic than Alvaro Madron. Especially, I mean, yeah, especially, it, and I bring this up because 
specifically, um, one of the changes Frank Klopas has made that has had a positive effect on the club has been moving Mauricio Pineda back up into central midfield alongside Fade Navarro. That's allowed, you know, Madron to get further forward um, and play some of his best soccer. So, realizing that there's really only one spot for Madron or Stojanovic on the pitch with Pineda and Fade, I'd rather have, you know, someone like Luca who takes more chances than Madron does. I feel like I feel like Alvaro Madron is a safe pair of feet, right? You know once he gets the ball, he's going to pass it to a team late safely. But if you're going to play a double pivot with two defensive midfielders, the quality of Fade and Pineda, you can afford to have Luca up top just on a tactical level and, and sort of make a couple more riskier passes. You know what I'm saying? I do. And in regards to Madron, it's perfectly fine for a player to, you know, to have dreams. And, you know, we all know that Madron wants to play, you know, bigger, grander things. And if, if he's committed to the fire and, you know, the fire gives him that option to stay, then, you know, he should stay. But if, if he has one foot out the door, you know, I, I don't want to see another, and I'm sorry for bringing this name up again, I don't want to see another Maloney situation where Majon's suddenly going to get homesick and, you know, wants to go back to on the team after 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. If if Majon is committed, then sure, let him stay. And I'm I'm pretty sure under, you know, a new coach that there is room for, you know, Majon, Pineda, um, uh, Fede and uh, Stojanovic. Just not under Klopas right now. Well, I mean, we can forget about under Klopas because everybody knows we know that the Fire are going to get another manager. Um, especially all things considered, you know, Frank loves the club, and I, but I don't think he loves managing. I think he would rather be on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but they asked him to come down to the bench and, uh, then, uh, here, here we are. Um, my sense on Frank Klopas is softened. I think the old Frank Klopas is, I, I actually think he understands this team a lot. Um, and yeah, I gave him a lot of crap. I mean, we, you know, we both did. We, we were, both did over we the were, season. I think in the beginning, um, we were saying that Klopas was, you know, was going to be there. And, you know, when Wiki was gone, that, that's correct. And um, I, I think... Where it's due. Let's, let's give credit where it's due. He's done an admirable job steering the ship to the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do want to give Frank Klopas credit. Um. He, he's largely played the same or similar to Wiki. Like the 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 difference in their or in their attack in the four three three under Klopas is actually pretty similar to what Wiki was trying to do. It's just 
you know, with no pressure on and nothing to play for, they've just found a way to execute it better. I think the main difference with Wiki and Klopas is that, um, you know, regardless of how you think about, you know, Klopas's tactics, I mean, he clearly loves the club. And Mm -hmm. I think some of those players, especially some of the younger ones, feed off that. And I think um, along with that, and Klopas has way much better man management than, you know, Wiki. So uh, I'd argue that that's probably correct as well. So I mean, my 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 issues with Klopas have always been tactical and not really, you know, anything about the kind of person he is. I think he's a great guy. Yeah, um, I th- people like him. I like him. You know, generally speaking, as a, as a as a human being, uh, I just don't think he's, you know, long term, the right guy to lead a team um but speaking of loving the club fan appreciation night was uh up on the against the (coughs) excuse me fan appreciation night was the game against rsl uh and you were there we've got a food review to do first of all you had a pulled chicken sandwich uh before i want to get into the pulled chicken sandwich this is another food thing um so outside uh i i I don't know what's the fire's generic tailgating section name is it's like something downs something oh burnham downs burnham downs anyway there's a pizza puff fan there and they're giving out free samples and by free samples do you mean free full-size pizza puffs no they're like half of it I mean, half a pizza puff is better than yeah. no pizza puff. And so. that 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 alone, like, regardless of you know what was going to happen in the game or whatever, that that just made my whole night. There you go. Because because I love me some pizza puff, but anyway, for for the pulled pizza chicken puffs are happiness. Yeah. Um. Tm. <laughs> um. But for the pulled chicken, it was it was pretty good. I I think I reviewed the pulled pork sandwich a little bit earlier this season. And, yeah, you said um, it was a bit dry. Yeah, um, the chicken was pretty good. It was it was flavorful. Um, a little bit, you know, tad bit too much barbecue sauce, but you know, it's whatever. Um, it was it was really nice. Anyway, for for the atmosphere itself. Yeah, talk about the atmosphere of the ball game. I think the last time I've experienced such atmosphere at a fire game was that sellout crowd against Seattle in 2017 back in the old Toyota Park. Back where the fire won 3-1, I believe. So I... I Like, the the biggest crowd I've seen as a fire game was um, uh, the Red Bulls, when the Red Bulls played. And uh, Thierry Henry was on the team so you had like everybody in arsenal kits they put up the stands on the stage that's how they they got the extra seating that's how big the crowd was so i can only imagine how it was in soldier field um that must have been yeah like um i i kept moving seats because for, for my first the first section i was on um i guess i was a mini commentator to these uh to these new folks just like their first fire game and then um you know which i didn't mind at all but oh, that you know, was cool 
That sounds cool. What'd you do? Yeah. I was I was just telling them it's like um I was basically commentating the whole thing for like oh, the first five minutes. That's neat. Yeah, um it was pretty nice. I, I hope that um you know they, they come back to future fire games, but you know, I, I wanted to say hi to some people I know I haven't seen since Seattle Park, so now I started moving around. Um uh, Did you get a flag? Yeah, I got a flag. I I got two ball caps, um, which I'll tell a funny story later, um, should time permit. But um, but yeah, uh, there were flares. You know, came from a mysterious source. The weather. I don't know what uh, Tom Schilling would say about that. But um, uh, dude, dude, it's it's the fall, man. When yeah. the sun goes down, you know, the lakefront gets a little foggy. Yeah. So, but. It, it was just an atmosphere that I haven't felt in such a long time. And it was a game that I've legitimately enjoyed being at. Like, you know, I, I kept one eye towards the field, but it it was just a great, you know, atmosphere. And that that's something, you know, that the fire, I hope they capitalize on. Uh, I was making jokes with someone saying that, you know, RSL, like out of all the games to put fan appreciation, I, you know, against rsl and you know they drew this you know this much people and you know yeah for those of you who don't know why it's a little ironic um the last time the fire were a true mls cup contender they were knocked out of the playoffs at toyota park against real salt lake in a uh penalty shootout because uh apparently the fire ran out of penalty takers and brendan Prudeau had to take one so well, it was 2000 2009 2009 yeah 2009 yeah. but but yeah just just imagine you know and someone pointed this out on the hashtag someone just imagine if um if a fire was against you know a more fashionable team or you know or a local rival such as the crew or something and if the fire mm-hmm. can bring that much against a team from utah just think about how much they can bring against you know the Los Angeles is or the New Yorks or one of the Miami. New York teams. Yeah, Miami drew a sizable crowd. I think was I, I was there. I think it was about eleven k. But but the fire did everything right, off the field and on the field that night. I mm-hmm. I feel bad for the people who drove there. So. Um, yeah, to take yeah. the train. It's time. Yeah, I, I took the train. Um, I I'm optimistic though for off the field, you know, stuff coming from the fire in the future. I'm too. the The new lo the new logo looks more like a modern reinterpretation of the old one, with I think a a, a slightly better color scheme. I I like the light blue more than I like the the navy in the Florian cross. Um, I mean, yeah, the light blue is also the color of the flag anyway. So, right. so I, I've it's... seen people say, well, how come it's not dark blue? Light blue is the flag. Cause, yeah, because light blue is on the Chicago flag. Yeah, come so. on now. Um, yeah, I think I think it's good. I, I On TV, the crowd looked great. Um, they looked into the game, which is something like you don't think about really until you're watching a crowd at a sporting event. Is are they there just to be there, or are they there like are they actually, you know, with the product on the field? I think 
from what I've seen, it was a mixture of both. Like, like I said in the beginning, I was I was commentating these people, and they were legitimately interested. And then I've seen, you know, other other folks out there just like, you know, idling, you know, like sort of like a Cubs game. Um, I think you good. need some of that. That's I I, yeah. I think when you get those people coming to games, then that's it's re- that's really not a bad thing. No, because it's healthy. Um, just don't sit them in the supporters section. Yeah. Um. Because the supporters get mad, and then they talk on Twitter about terrorists. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, uh, Gaga Slanina, I think, is going to have a lot to do with retaining fans. Because with rotating fans. With retaining fans, like first timers coming back, I think a lot of I think Gaga Salina, him being a teenager, him being you know local, getting his story out, um, his five saves in the second half after not having anything to do in the first half to keep a clean sheet, and you know give the fire three points. Um, I think that he's going to have a lot to say about the po- club's popularity in the future. Kind of like how Sean Johnson was popular. But I, but I think because he's local, um, even more so. I think also depending on um, who he declares for, um, I think it's a win-win either way. Because if he declares for you know the USMNT, then he'll draw that country crowd and if he declares her poll then you know he will draw a lot from that demographic as well so um was Chesney is their number one goalkeeper right for Poland I believe so but yeah um you're gonna have to look into that if you're the United States um because of all of the goalkeeping talent the United States has put through not a lot of it is, you know, he's the next level, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's, I think that's um, important in, in, in that respect. Um, and especially with I, um, yeah. the, um, just to, just to bring off what you're saying about retaining the crowd, um. I believe uh, Patrick put out this tweet when um, the new homegrown signed when um, he brought like 120 of his family members. Yeah. So it's like 90, I think the broadcast said. Yeah, 90. You know, from, from the Chicagoland area, from, from Mexico. Um, so so these homegrowns, yeah, they're, they're relatively unknown, but, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, homegrown pride into that. So just think if Masao Rodriguez is really good. Right? Yeah. Just think about that. Um, that could be something there. I think they'll have something there. Um, one last thing. This is only going to be a 30-minute show or so because I have the flu still. Um, 
that I wanted to bring up is, is another homegrown signing. They a couple of signings that the Fire made. They signed uh, Sergio Origal, uh from the Academy, who won the MVP of the MLS Next tournament. So he was like the second, you know, biggest player on the team aside from Misael Rodriguez, who scored a bunch of goals. Um, so that's really cool. You did bring it up about him bringing a hundred, but 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 on the soccer side, I think that's a good signing. And they signed uh, Shy Casey to their EMLS roster. They also re-signed that match fixer. She is the f- first uh, uh, female, um, e-sport uh, female esports talent representing an MLS club. Yeah, that's great. pretty neat. I think that's cool. Um, so, and she's also done, she was also sort of like the team manager before. Um, which was cool. Uh, so that's cool. I've always said, you know, that I want the fire to branch out into other non-soccer related esports. She was a content creator, or she is. She is a content creator. Yeah, so. yeah. she's a Twitch streamer. Mm-hmm. Um, for the fire and for Twitch, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is cool, but yeah, I want the fire to branch out. I want I want Joe Mansueto and the Chicago Fire to be the organization that saves North American Counter Strike from <laughs> d- dying. I, I I still want I still want a racing team. I know that's a, I, I know that's doable. F one NASCAR whatever. I, I still want a racing team. Well, the F one esports is all the F one teams. No, so I like I don't want an esports team. Like I, oh, you want Joe Mansueto to buy a race team? Yes. Oh. Put oh. Pizza Puff sponsorship. Put the fire logo somewhere around there. I'm interested now. That's that's what I've been saying. I don't want esports. You know, I mean, I'd like to see Gran Turismo esports team for Minx Widow, but um, I legitimately want to see a race. I know we're going off topic, and I'm sorry for for those who are still with us right now, but um, I want to see a racing team. Listen, people may or may not come to us for our three minutes of esports content every other you know every three shows or whatever especially because like the csgo major starts uh today uh, as the podcast is up it's already going on so I'm they, excited can, for they can keep barrage if he can if he can drive a car or he can race a car he can, he can transfer off to the racing team so all right okay now now <laughs> it's time to end the show uh, thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at uh, the Hotcast. You can email the show northlawpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, get at me on Twitter at Ruben Tish. RJ is at RGA underscore zero two. You can listen to us uh, wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and the uh, Google Podcasts store thingy. Uh, please rate review all that stuff I, I i generally don't ask for rates and reviews even though i know how important they are because it just feels weird to me when i smash that like button yeah like and subscribe whatever the equivalent is ring the bell or something. anyway uh that's our show we will see you next month
or next Tuesday.